Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, this is how we're going to handle the next 10 minutes of the show. I'm going to give Aaron Loud. How much time do you need, you think? You need one minute? You need two minutes? You can't get more than two. I think a minute is perfect. You think a minute? All right. I'm going to give you one minute here. Okay. To talk about whatever you want to talk about. When your minute is up. Let's got to walk out. I'm going to tell Nathan to turn off your microphone. He's not even going to acknowledge me anymore. And I don't want you to talk anymore on the show in 2023. I will happily talk to you in the new year. And we yeah. can talk about the Bengals game. You and I both are going to be in Dallas for Cotton, the Cotton Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, I'm excited. We didn't I've, even get to that today. I've asked you multiple oh. times, hey, let's do something when the Cotton Bowl is over. We'll see. Okay, never mind. If you don't I have hang to out work with me, the game. You. You're going to be there as a fan. I'll be there as a member of the media. Okay, but at some point, the game ends and you're going to go somewhere, right? You're just going to go home and go to sleep? We'll, we'll figure something out. Okay. I think we'll get, you know, definitely on your on your pay, your, your dime, your paying. Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, you don't have like a you don't have a company. They can't just. I do, but okay. I don't know how does you want to give me like twenty five dollars in a per diem? Like you, you can't cover it, and, and and the company can't pay for it. I gotta pay for your company trip. You're not paying for the trip, but I mean my my presence. Yeah. Are you gonna mostly. be at the Mizzou tailgate they're having at the uh, the Ranger Stadium? I'm going to a lot. Well, that is like right before the game. Okay. So yeah. I don't think I'll. I didn't know how early that. you had to get yeah. to the. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's like that's where I'm going affair. right when I get off the plane. I just didn't know. I love that you're just like assimilating as like Mizzou alumni. I'm just very excited to go to the game. Very <laughs> you're excited. just like you're just like doing throwing all the Mizzou on. stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? Doing all the Mizzou like, stuff. Like paint my face. And then if they paint, lose, you're like going to immediately jump onto Eli Drinkwitz. No, I don't really care if they win or lose the bowl game or not. I really don't. I think it's important. I don't. It is. I, I think that we want bowl games to matter. They just don't matter. Players don't play. No, no one, no one outside of the two fan bases remember. Nobody. You don't even know who well, played yeah. in the Cotton Bowl last. As I'm saying, so if it, if it only matters to two groups of people, but it matters for a guy who has not won a bowl game at Mizzou yet. Like, yeah, eventually in your best season in Columbia, you gotta do something with the best team that you might ever have. Yeah, I mean, though, well, if this is the best team that they have, then next year's gonna be disappointing because next year's team should be better than this year's team. They should. They yeah, should also. Win. Should they should also win this game. It's a winnable I, game. I agree. They they very easily should win this game. I I think they are going to. Win. They're I'm, the more motivated team out of yeah. the two, and they only have two guys that are opting out of the game, and those are two guys that were hurt anyway. So yeah, Missouri yeah. Missouri is playing to win this game. I don't know if Ohio State is playing, and that's that is step one in bowl games is which team actually cares about the result of the game, but. We, have, we certainly have got to the point where both teams do not care if they win bowl games anymore. And if that's the case, it's just hard to really take the results of bowl games very, very seriously. All right. Look at that. I gave you a little bit of Mizzou. Love it. And I'm going to give you one minute. You are and being I'm telling you. Very charitable this holiday season. All right. You know what? I've got a Christmas bed. You're going to hear sleigh bells in 60 seconds after right. this thing starts. <laughs> that's what it is. And I've been I told mean, to cut your mic off. This oh, is also our, our, like, our least listened to week of the entire year. <sighs> so that, if this was like The January, most listened to segment on the least listened to week. If this was like January 15th, you would have been gone out of here 42 minutes ago. You might not even <laughs> come in today. You know what I mean? Like Once we get past the new year, the ratings start to counting in. But now nah, it's just like, you know what? Just have fun. Do what you want to do. Talk Detroit Pistons basketball on a red Monday. Who cares? I'll take it.
Nathan, hit my man. We're talking some, well, let me set the scene first. Gather around the campfire. Everybody thinks the Royals, you know, set this mark for futility last year, tying their franchise record for losses in a season. But there's another losing streak that's going on right now that has not gotten enough attention, CDOT. You know what that is? It's the Detroit Pistons. That's right. Monty Williams and the Detroit Pistons. Losers of 26 in a row. That tied a record for the longest single-season losing streak in NBA history. They started the season 2-1, and one, got their last win, last time the Chiefs were playing good ball, October 28th. I think the funniest part of this whole thing is a Wingstop giveaway. Wingstop, you know, of Rick Ross fame. <laughs> they sponsor the Detroit Pistons. They're actually the, the official wings of the Detroit Pistons. And when you order any wing order online using code Pistons, you get five free wings. But, of course, the Pistons have to win. Those wing stops have been looking like uh, the mattress firm in Westport. Thank you so much, Aaron Ladd, for joining us in the studio. And you know what? We look forward to having you join us once again in the new year. You can say bye to everybody. Merry Christmas, everybody. Let's talk about the power three for the Kansas City Chiefs and how they've let them down. Let's start with Andy Reid. The Chiefs do not look well coached. I'm not telling you something that you don't know. You guys thought that one offensive offsides was a thing. Oh, they gave you the remix. They did it again on Monday against the Las Vegas Raiders. You got frustrations about the play calling. They called a trick play in the shadow of their own end zone that had Clyde Edwards-Alaire handing, not Patrick Mahomes handing it to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. No, no, no. You know the one thing they'll never be ready for? They'll never be ready for Clyde Edwards-Alaire handing it to Mahomes so then Mahomes can throw it. I mean, the way that you've been doing it, it wasn't working. So now we got to try to catch the defense off guard. And now we need to let Clyde, because now they don't know what's going to happen. Could Clyde throw it? Could he run it? Who knows? They tried to run the read option with Patrick Mahomes. It didn't work. That directly led to a defensive touchdown. Their play calling and their negligence one-to-one directly resulted in the Raiders scoring a point. So the coaching, significant problem. Jawan Taylor, the most penalized player in the National Football League. The Chiefs look undisciplined at times. That's coaching. That's leadership. That has to be on the head coach. Some of the things that we talk about, the discussions that we've had about this team, they have to be a reflection of Andy Reid. Andy Reid can be a great coach and also doing a poor job with this team. Both things are possible. You want to know how I know? I see it every single week. That's number one. Patrick, now I have given you a lot of grace, and I will continue to do so because I don't think that a lot of this season is your fault. Every week we are talking about another emotional outburst on the sideline. Every week. Three weeks ago. You were mad at the official. Two weeks ago, you were mad at Kadarius Toney. This week, you're screaming at the offensive line. All while you continue to throw more interceptions than you ever have in your entire professional career. So the Chiefs look undisciplined at the top. Their coach, very poor attention to detail. Their quarterback, 
continues to make mistakes and continues to turn the football over and blow up on seemingly everybody on the team every week. Travis Kelsey, he has thrown his helmet off seemingly every week. Every week. Every week. Jets game, Broncos game, Packers game, every week. Last or yesterday was the first day that I felt that Andy kind of had enough of it. I don't even know what Travis was so mad about coming off the field. But he comes off the field, I mean, grabs his helmet and flings it. It was one of the best passes we had seen all day. He threw his helmet, mad, angry, upset. One of the little staffers goes to pick it up and goes to give it back to Travis. Hey, it happens. I get it. Now, it seems to happen for you every single week. But you know what? It's not a big deal. They go get it. They try to hand it to him. Andy was like, no, 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 don't give it to him. And clearly blocked the staffer from trying to give Travis Kelsey his helmet back. And he clearly had a conversation with Travis like, yo, get your head back into the game. The Chiefs have a lot of emotional outburst from their stars. From their stars. And I understand the frustration. But this offense needs a little bit of a calming presence. There's a little bit of a calming presence. They don't get that from their two veteran leaders on offense. They don't get that from their quarterback, who every week goes off on somebody. They don't get that from their Hall of Fame tight end, who every week has an emotional outburst. And their head coach has allowed them to get a little bit undisciplined and play a little bit out of themselves. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. You got a Hall of Fame head coach. He is not doing his best job. You got a Hall of Fame quarterback. This is the worst version of him that we have seen since he's been in Kansas City. You have a Hall of Fame tight end. You could argue that this is the worst version of Travis Kelsey we've seen since he's a rookie. If you're going to turn this thing around, you need those guys to be cold as ice. You need those guys to be a constant. You need those guys to be steady. That's what you need. And again, I understand frustration, but every single, we shouldn't be talking about how Mahomes went off on somebody every week. And that's all we've done in the month of December. Hey, did you guys see how mad Mahomes was? All right, that was cool the one week. Then last week it was, he was saying stuff under his breath. Then two weeks, every week. We shouldn't be at the point where every week the tight end is throwing his helmet off because he's mad about things. It just furthers the fact that they just look undisciplined at times. If this team is going to turn things around and they're going to get back on track and they're going to figure things out, it's going to start with those three individuals getting on the same page. And it doesn't look like at all times that, that the three of them are on the same page. And if those three people are on the same page, I don't know how you expect the other 50 men in that room to follow them. I always say that teams take on the personalities of their leader. When was the last time it looked like Patrick was having fun out there? You know Patrick. He's the guy, throw a touchdown. He's counting on his fingers. He's flexing. He's doing all this other stuff. When was the last time it looked like Patrick Mahomes was having fun playing football? Because that looks like it was two, three weeks ago or months ago. The last time it looked like they were having fun was that Bears game. That was the last time that football looked fun for the Kansas City Chiefs. And they play like that every single week.
Coming up on the other side, we'll take your phone calls for the first time today. 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. We got some time until Mitch Holtz joins us coming up at the top of the hour. But we'll take your phone calls. 913-586-7610. We'll also talk about the MVP race and how Brock Purdy eliminated himself yesterday. Keep it right here. It's the drive. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Kansas City, it's Brett Veach. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. If you guys want to chime in, you can do so at 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. We'll get back to the Chiefs here coming up in a bit. You guys know that I have been on the side of Christian McCaffrey to an NFL MVP. I think he's been the best player in the league. Now, I understand that the MVP and the criteria for the award are a little bit ambiguous. Like some of you really use the term valuable. And well, with this team, well, then it can only really be quarterbacks then. So I don't know if I use or determine valuable in that way. I think it should be award that highlights who had the best season in the NFL. Now, I understand there's some exceptions. Defensive players are disproportionate when it comes to the MVP, but they also have an award that is the defensive player of the year award. That is their version of the MVP. But when it comes to NFL MVP, who had the best season in term and also a combination of who had the best season and who was most vital to helping their team win games on a week in week out basis. I believe that that player has been Christian McCaffrey for the entire season. But they told me that it's a quarterback award. All right, fine. The thing that confuses me the most about the way that we talk about things is every single game has turned into a referendum on Brock Purdy, both good and bad. And it's not just media types. Fans are doing it too. If Brock Purdy goes out there and plays well, he's the next Tom Brady, the next Joe Montana. If he goes out and plays poorly, he's a bum. Well, he's not either of those things. I told you guys last week, it was ridiculous that people were arguing that Brock Purdy was the NFL MVP. I told that to Peter King, who has a vote. He's not the NFL MVP. That doesn't mean that you can't be good. You can still be a really productive, really good player and not be the NFL MVP. And if they had given it to Brock Purdy, he would have been the worst MVP in the last 25 years if he had won it. And it would have been a slap in the face to Christian McCaffrey and some of the other great players in the league than to give it to Brock Purdy. But he's also far better than he was last night in that game. It was a bad night. I call it a meet the parents game. You guys remember? Everything went wrong for Greg and meet the parents. From the moment that we were introduced to Greg Fokker, 
Everything went wrong in that movie for him. That's what it was yesterday for Brock Purdy. On their first offensive possession, they threw it five straight times. That fifth pass got intercepted. It just was one of those nights for the San Francisco 49ers. And that's all right. I still think they're the best team in the NFC. Are you picking Dallas to go into San Francisco and win here in a couple of weeks? Are you picking the Detroit Lions to go on the road and beat San Francisco here in a couple of weeks? I mean, Philadelphia, they're having a lot of the same problems that the Chiefs are having. Devontae Smith, former Heisman winner, just yesterday said, I don't care what our record says. We are not a good football team. It's Christmas. I'm not really sure if the Eagles have been a good football team at any point this season, but they won 11 games. Are you picking those teams to go on the road and beat San Francisco? Or was yesterday just one of those days, one of those games? I think that it was one of those games for San Francisco. I think it was one of those games for Brock Purdy, and that's okay. Brock Purdy is the ultimate table setter. I don't say that as a knock to him. He's Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman played with Emmitt Smith, played with the best offensive line in the 90s, played with Michael Irvin, Jay Novacek, Alvin Harper, a great defense, Jimmy Johnson. Troy Aikman is in the Hall of Fame. Troy Aikman used that success that he had with the Cowboys to turn into one of the great broadcast careers in the history of color commentary. Troy Aikman's great. But Troy Aikman also played during the same era as Brett Favre, played in the same era as Steve Young and John Elway and so many quarterbacks that all of us know were better than him. That's the same thing that Brock Purdy is doing. Every game doesn't need to be Oh, well, he's Tom Brady. Oh, well, no, he stinks. No, he's just fine. Brock Purdy is just fine. And that's okay. There is enough talent on San Francisco that you can win the Super Bowl with a quarterback who is fine. And what they have asked Brock Purdy to do is they occasionally ask him to make plays, but he usually makes plays when they are in a position of power. And what separates quarterbacks like Brock Purdy from quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, and I would argue quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, is there is a major difference in making a play when your team is up 10 than when your team is down 10. And Kyle Shanahan, for as great as he is, and we all have anointed him as this great quarterback, genius, guru, figure things out individual, his team has never won a game when they have been down eight points or more in the fourth quarter. Not one time. They're 0-38. They didn't accidentally win a game in which they were down eight points. That's not like that's some overwhelming deficit. That's You're down 28-20 heading into the final quarter, and you have the ball. They've never won in that scenario. And eventually, if San Francisco is going to win the Super Bowl, which they very easily could this year. They will likely be in one of those situations because that's football. Think of Kansas City's two Super Bowls that they've won. They were down in that same situation, in that same scenario. That's going to happen. It's life. You get down. You got to put a drive together. You got to trust your defense to get a stop. You got to play a complete 60-minute football game. And San Francisco yesterday looked like a team that are bullies when they need to be But when they play somebody equally as strong, equally as tough, equally as physical as they are, they back down at the challenge yesterday. They got beat up yesterday. And we've seen them do the beating up to a lot of other teams. We saw them push around Philadelphia. We saw them push around Dallas. We have seen them run through the NFC. 
AFC is a little bit different. There's some more physical teams. There's an entire division of really physical football teams like Baltimore, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. San Francisco has four losses. They've lost to three teams in the AFC North. And we all look at that as being a really physical, tough, hard-nosed division. They lost three out of their last four games. They beat Pittsburgh earlier in the season. And Pittsburgh is the weakest of those teams, in my opinion. I think San Francisco is still going to be fine. I think Brock Purdy is going to be fine. But I do think that last night was a little bit of a reset for all of us that we're starting to look at it like it was San Francisco against the field. And it's not San Francisco against the field. San Francisco is a part of the field. And they have problems just like every other team does. They don't have as many problems as a lot of teams. They have been as consistent as any team in the National Football League. But Brock Purdy was never the NFL MVP and San Francisco was never just going to run away and walk away with the Lombardi Trophy, and it's going to be a fight for them to earn it the rest of the way. Nathan, who would you vote for for NFL MVP? Who's your pick? I'm giving it to Lamar, and I think I checked earlier today on FanDuel. I think Tua is under the plus 1,000 range uh, as well. So I think some stock goes into the upcoming uh, Dolphins-Ravens game. I think he's about the only guy on the list that could catch Lamar if he beats him head-to-head this Sunday. Coming into a few weeks ago, I was on the Tyreek Hill train. I, I, I know the, rece- the the award does not go to non-quarterbacks, uh, but you talked about it a minute ago uh, about the uh, the value argument. And I'm not sure there's a whole lot of players in the league that are more valuable to their team than Tyreek is to this iteration of the Dolphins team. Understanding that that is not the way this award is set up, um, it's got to be Lamar for me. Uh, I'm glad... Purdy is out of the conversation. I never took him seriously uh, as an MVP candidate. Four interceptions last night. I think we can kiss that goodbye. Um, and I, I'm not opposed to hearing the Christian McCaffrey talks either. Um, but understanding what this award is, I think it's Lamar. I think it's his to lose. And I think he'd have to get uh, uh, spanked pretty good against Tua and the Dolphins uh, if we have a shot at giving this thing to anybody else. I think that Tyreek Hill had a chance to win the award, but once he got off track in terms of winning or having 2,000 yards, I think that kind of eliminated his chance of winning it. No wide receiver has ever won NFL MVP. I don't think that Tyreek Hill is going to be the first again because of the 2,000 yards. He's also having some off-the-field stuff, and I just I wonder if people are going to vote for that person to be highlighted as the NFL MVP while he's in the middle of all his personal stuff Fair. off the field. I just don't think that he is going to be the one that wins this award. I want to read this text to you guys really quickly. I was not at the game, but I just want to get you guys' opinion for some of you that were at the game. CDOT, as a loyal lifetime uh, Chiefs fan, I would like to say regarding the fan behavior in yesterday's game, there were a lot of, quote, non-regulars at the game. That was evident by how loud Chiefs fans were when we were on offense. When the Raiders were leaving at half and entering the tunnel, there were a lot of booing going on. I believe that the booing at halftime was directed at the Raiders and not the Chiefs. Nah, man. I'm just telling you that's not how it felt watching the game on television. Now, I was not there. But when you think about what happened before the half, the Chiefs were down 17-7. to They had just missed a field goal, and their offense was lifeless for the first 30 minutes of the game. I'm not buying the, hey, the crowd wasn't booing the Chiefs. They were booing the Raiders. Nah, man. Chiefs, first three possessions. Punt, punt, punt. 
Their first three possessions, they ran 11 plays and had negative yards at the end of the first quarter. They then scored a touchdown. They then had back-to-back plays in which they fumbled and scored for the other team. They had the fumble where Mahomes missed the snap on the fakeration. I don't know what the hell play it was. I don't even know what you call that play. Wildcat. I don't know what it was. I don't want to know what it was. Never run that play again. The next pass, Patrick Mahomes threw a lollipop to Jones. And then the Chiefs got the ball back again and missed the field goal. And that was the end of the half. So, Chiefs fans, you tell me. You were there, 913-586-7610. I imagine that yesterday was a different crowd. It's Christmas. A lot of families are maybe at the game. Ticket prices were dropping the entire time. I understand that that's a different game than a normal Chiefs game. Nah, man. Y'all was booing the Chiefs yesterday coming off the field. And I don't have any issue with that. At this point, fan expectation is as high as it could possibly be for any franchise in American sports. And it should be based on how they've played and the standard that they've set. And they have not lived up to their own standard. So you boo in that scenario to voice your displeasure. You can't fire anybody. You can't cut anybody. But you sure as hell can let them know you ain't playing good enough. And losing at home to the Las Vegas Raiders when the Raiders played a D-minus game. It's not like Las Vegas was good yesterday. They weren't. In fact, they were bad yesterday. They had 200 yards of total offense. They had 48 yards passing if you add sack yardage. Las Vegas was terrible yesterday and came in to Arrowhead and spoiled your Christmas and stopped you from clinching the division. We're heading into New Year's, and you still haven't clinched the division, a division that is not good. Las Vegas is not good. Denver is not good. The Chargers are terrible. This division should have been wrapped up three weeks ago. But no, the Chiefs have been one of the more disappointing teams in the second half of the season. So I'm not buying it that fans were booing the Raiders coming off the field. Now, you were booing the Chiefs as they were coming off the field by how poorly they played in the first 30 minutes of that game. And that just continued in the second half. I'll tell you how bad it's been for the Chiefs over the last eight games coming up. And we'll take your phone calls. 913-586-7610. Keep it right here. It's the drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. The home of the Royals is 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I've got a point about the defense really quickly. And I want you guys to really think about this point. You got Mitch Holtz is coming up in a bit. Plus, we'll take your phone call. Is the Chiefs defense really enough? This is what I mean. 
the Chiefs defense is really good at limiting you from scoring. And that's a very valuable skill. Like, I'm not here to diminish that skill. Over the last eight games, they have forced five turnovers. They have turned the ball over 15 times in those eight games. They have only forced five turnovers. So their offense is giving the ball away three times as many times as their defense takes it away from you. What this offense really needs is short fields. And this is not an offense that is going to be able to go down the field three, four times against playoff teams and score 28, 31 points. You have no reason to think that's the case based on what they've done so far this season. They have not been able to sustain drives. And certainly if they're not going to get big plays and you got to go nine plays, 75 yards, this offense has not shown you they're doing that three, four times over the course of a game. So what this defense could really use is a strip sack fumble. And now you got to go 40 yards to score a touchdown or a pick six or a tip pass in the middle of the field that they set you up where, hey, we're going to gift wrap you three or four points. Think about what the Raiders defense did yesterday. The Raiders defense was, was good. I mean, the Chiefs had a oh, hundred more yards of total offense than they did. I mean, the Chiefs offense was better than the Raiders offense yesterday. They passed the ball more effectively. They were better on third down. They were better. They were a better, more efficient offense than the Raiders were yesterday. And the Raiders' defense generated 14 points. Their defense generated as many points as Kansas City's offense. That was the game. That's how they won. They didn't win because they put drives together. They won because their defense scored as many points as your offense. So I'm not here blaming the defense for why they lost yesterday at all. But we all can identify that they're going to play teams that are far more talented than the Las Vegas Raiders are that can actually score and put up points. And their defense, they do a really good job of just keeping you out of the end zone. This offense needs them to do even more than that. They need that defense to create pressures, create disruption, and create turnovers. And that's not what they do. They have five turnovers in their last eight games. That's not something that you can count on. But if there is something that you can count on, it is the Chiefs offense to give you the ball multiple times. They will give it to you. Whether Mahomes will make a bad decision, a fumble from Rasheed Rice, a tip ball from Kadarius Toney. At this point, they have invented new ways to turn you the, the ball over to you. But trust you, they will give you one or two possessions. They're going to give them to you. So they're going to give your offense two, maybe three extra possessions every single game. You might can do that against the Raiders and give yourself a chance to win. If you do that against Buffalo, you get eliminated. If you do that against Cleveland, you get eliminated. If you do that against, you pick the team. You are not doing that against three straight playoff teams and going to the Super Bowl. So, I, again, I, I'm not here blaming the defense for why they lost the game yesterday. That's not at all the point I'm trying to make is. The point I'm making is if this team is going to make it because their defense is good enough, their defense has to be far more disruptive and create far more opportunities for their offense than they have so far this season. Let's go to the phone lines, 913-586-7610. Josh is in Kansas City. You called into the show. Hey, Josh, how you doing, my man? Good, good. Uh, a little rebuttal on what you just said. I, I feel like we shouldn't take the focus off the offense. No, no, no. Um, our defense gave up three points 
what else are you going to ask for? If you start trying to punch the ball out, now you're getting more yak yards. They're going to get more first downs and stuff like that. Just holding them to three points was more than enough, more than what we should have asked for. Their defense didn't score those points. We gave them those points. We put the ball on the ground, and we had a really, really bad pass by Mahomes. So their defense didn't get those points. We gave it to them. I didn't see them out there trying to punch the ball out. What I saw from their defense was every time they got a hand on one of our guys, they stopped them from going forward. That is why in the end we lost the game in terms of points because we did not get a lot of first downs that we could have gotten if we would have busted through tackles. Um, Just really, really good tackling on their part. Uh, but what I want to say is I, I went to the game. I took my wife to the game. Uh, it was her first Chiefs game. Fortunately uh, for her, she's not like a huge sports fan, so she just loved the environment. She loved the the camaraderie, you know, amongst the fans. Uh, she got to high-five strangers after we scored a touchdown. Just, you know, all that good stuff, the noise and all that. Um, we did leave early. It was it was very disappointing. I was booing with everybody else. It was a bad product on the field. It looked like our defense wanted to be there, and it looked like our offense didn't want to be there. We were making jokes in the stand about how Patrick Mahomes would rather be at home with his family than out on that football field because that's what it looked like. Um, so until until that offense looks like it wants to be on the field, we're not going to win games. And I feel like the biggest problem is trust. Patrick Mahomes is not going through his progressions. It looks like he's just looking around like a bobblehead. And when he sees MVS open down the field, he doesn't throw it to him. And when MVS sees that he was open and then he didn't throw it to him, he walks off the field shaking his head. I saw that in person. And that is a broken offense. Until we fix that trust and he starts throwing that ball again to people that have dropped the ball in the past, we're not going to win. You have to trust who's out there. So if he doesn't trust MVS, get him off the field. And that's all I got to say. Josh, really good stuff today, man. I appreciate the phone call. Happy holidays to you. This is, I have two counters to what Josh had to say. I thought it was a good call. Number one, if we are still having the conversation about trust, the Chiefs' first training camp practice was July 23rd. This version of the Chiefs, they have been together for now five months. If you don't trust MBS now, after five months of every day playing football, practicing, working out, eating, hanging out, partying with Taylor Swift, you ain't never going to trust MVS. You guys won a Super Bowl together last year. This is your second year with MVS. If you don't trust MVS after two years of playing football together, I don't know what's changing in the final two weeks of the regular season. Sky Moore has been at all those same meetings. If you don't trust Sky Moore now, when are you going to trust him? When are you trusting Kadarius Toney? When are you trusting this offense? So I personally, I'm just past that part with the offense of, hey, Mahomes has got to start trusting this guy. He don't. He does not. He ain't. That is not part of the 2023 Kansas City Chiefs, of that quarterback trusting those guys. We know that now. We've seen it for five months. It has always been something with the wide receiver room. From day one of training camp when Kadarius Toney got hurt to game one of the season to yesterday. That trust that you're talking about is not being built up. I'm seeing the text line about the defense. A lot of you are making this point. CDOT, you're not being fair to the defense. The the defense gave up six points yesterday. That needs to be a win every time. I don't disagree with you. We have asked Patrick Mahomes to be Superman 
We have asked Patrick Mahomes to carry everybody. I'm telling you that if this team is going to win the Super Bowl, they need their defense to be Superman. Or they're not winning the Super Bowl. And if you've accepted that, then that's fine. I'm not here to argue that. But what their offense needs is even more than what the defense is currently giving them. Five turnovers they've created in the last eight games. And for as good as the defense was yesterday, their offense needed one more stop. They needed one more stop. The Raiders got the ball with 242 in the game with two timeouts and the two-minute warning. All they had to do was get off the field one time to give the offense a chance. And all of us knew that Aiden O'Connell was not completing a pass. Hell, he wasn't going to attempt to pass. He didn't have a completion in the second quarter. He didn't have a completion in the third quarter. He hadn't had one in the fourth quarter up until that point. They were done throwing the football. Everybody in the building, everybody on television knew that they were going to run the football. And you want to know what happened after that point? For that defense that we're talking about, their backup running back, six yards, timeout by Kansas City, their second timeout. All right, all right, six yards, all right. It's second and four. It's second and four. You still got one timeout, and you still got the two-minute warning. All you got to do is get off the field. A 43-yard run. All right, we call another timeout. That's our third timeout. Now it's the two-minute warning coming up. So now it's 227, and we got the two-minute warning. All right. Maybe, hopefully, possibly we get a stop. Another run of 15 yards. Think about that. The Raiders offense, they ran three plays where the game was still very much within reach for the Chiefs. You're down one possession. You're down one possession at home. You know they're not throwing the football. You know it. They're done. It's over. They ran for 54 yards after that point. So I'm not blaming the defense for what happened yesterday. The defense, I'm not 100% absolving them for yesterday. Not 100%. Not when you couldn't get off the field when the offense really needed you to. The offense finally gave you the spark you had been wanting the entire game. And you let, that wasn't even Josh Jacobs who led the NFL in rushing. That was Zamir White. I don't even know who he is. None of you have him in fantasy. The defense got to hold some part of it. Now, they got the smallest part of the loss yesterday, the tiniest piece of the loss yesterday, but their defense certainly contributed to why they lost yesterday. You had a chance to get off the field, and you didn't get off the field, and you didn't give the offense one final chance to go win you the ball game. Let's go back to the phone lines. Dan is in KCK. Hey, Dan, happy holidays, my man. Hey, happy holidays to you too, Carrington. Yeah, the Chiefs have a championship defense, but uh, I, I agree with you, Carrington. If Patrick only trusts Rashid Rice, and uh, and uh, I know Kelsey will show up, but if the Chiefs are going to win uh, and on the road, they got to com- commit some turnovers and strip Lamar Jackson or Tyreek. Uh, and uh, the, the playoffs are today. Uh, the Bills will be in the first round. What do you think about that, Carrington? Take care of yourself. Happy holidays. I appreciate you, Dan. Thanks a lot for calling in today. Let's go back to the phone line. Let's catch up with our guy Big T out in Shawnee. Hey, Big T, how you doing, my man? Hey, good, good, uh, good stuff today, uh, uh, Karen. I'm doing well. Happy holidays to you and everybody out there in the, at 610. Uh, so, so it's hard to bag on my Kansas City Chiefs, and, and here's why. I mean, I grew up through a lot of pathetic football, and look what they've all bring, bring us these last few years, everybody. We need to cherish that. So stick with them. 
And, and, and the thing of it is, though, Karen, I listened to you earlier, too, and I think they are uh, reaping uh, kind of paying for that Super Bowl uh, victory. Uh, you mentioned that. And, and I think they're also reaping um, uh, bad, you know, bad juju from the Tyreek Hill trade. That's kind of coming back to bite us, too. I know we ended up with a lot of picks on that stuff, and that helped our defense. So it's kind of the you know tit for tat, but I think we're, we're you know we're missing that receivers. We know that uh, that that Super Bowl team did have Juju Smith-Schuster though. But this is the biggest reason I call. This is why, if you stick with me, this is what they're missing. Nothing against Matt Nagy. You have Andy Reid. Uh, Matt Nagy's the offensive corner. They say, oh Andy Reid, you know he's the calling the play. We don't know this. We do know that he's a coach, but coaches do other things. And for example, your head coach, he loves his players. He backs them no matter what. He, he's like their, their, their pops. Hey, son, I got you. For example, Tony, you mess up. I'm going right back at you to the next play. That's what Coach Reed does. And what we're missing is that badass mofo, Eric the Enemy, because he got in people's asses. He would get in your grills. He would put up with this meltdown on the sidelines, losing our composure, our Hall of Famers. Come on, we're better than that, guys. Uh, Eric, the enemy, would not tolerate that. He would sit your ass down. He was the yang, the yin and yang. That's what we're missing. Uh, Eric, the enemy, is the tough, the toughness of that team, the guy to get in their grills. But if we had Eric, the enemy, those people wouldn't be throwing their helmets. Uh, you know, they might be bending a little bit, and that's okay one time. But that all stuff, that all that stuff would all cease because Eric, the enemy, be getting up some people's asses. But let's go, cheese. Choo 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 choo. That's our guy, Big T and Shawnee, calling in. I'm not saying that people are wrong about Eric Bieniemy. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But the Chiefs have a talent problem. It's that simple. They have, they have a talent problem. They're not good enough. Like it's, it's really that simple. The Chiefs had a choice. They had free agency dollars. I know they have spun this narrative of, well, we couldn't do anything because we had to pay Chris Jones. They're lying to you. They had a choice. They chose to go get Jawan Taylor. They spent $80 million at right tackle. It was one of the worst free agent contracts in the National Football League. They chose to do that because of the belief that a lot of people had. Hey, as long as we invest in the offensive line, it doesn't matter who plays wide receiver. Yes, it does. But they had a choice. For the money that they gave Charles Amenahu, they could have got Brandon Cooks. They signed the same contract this offseason. They invested on offensive line and defensive line. Now, the D-line, I'm not mad you go pick up Charles Amenahu. But if you pick up and spend $80 million on your right tackle, if you spend $80 million on your right tackle and you aren't getting the production of $80 million worth, that's a significant problem. Someone on the text line says, CDOT, I'm tired of the talent problem excuse. They won with basically the same talent last season. Losing Juju couldn't have made others regress. But all the other teams in the AFC are better. Baltimore added to their team last year. Like, we have to at least account for that, right? So if your stance is, hey, the Chiefs are the same, but Baltimore isn't the same. Baltimore's roster is, is better than it was last year. That's who you're trying to be better than, right? 
You're trying to be better than Baltimore. We agree that they made additions to their team. Cleveland is better this year than they were last year. That's a team they might play. Buffalo's offense is more well-rounded. I don't know if you guys have seen this or not. James Cook is fifth in the NFL in rushing. They added a running back to their team. Their offense has been a lot more balanced since they got rid of Ken Dorsey. So we can say that, hey, the Chiefs basically have the same team as last year. None of the other teams that they are competing against are in that same spot. Those teams identified the weaknesses in their roster and actively went out and tried to improve on those things. They went out and got better. I don't think the Chiefs have nearly enough talent, certainly not in that wide receiver room. They have the worst offensive skill position players of any of the teams that are going to make the postseason. Think about that. They have, we think they have the best quarterback, and they have put the least around him of any of the other six teams that we think are making the postseason. Baltimore has more offensively than they do. Jacksonville has more than they do. Miami has more than they do. Hell, Cleveland has more offensive weapons than Kansas City does. You'd rather have Cleveland's weapons than have Kansas City's weapons. And they lost their starting running back earlier this year, who might be the second best running back in the league behind Christian McCaffrey. So I, I know people might not want to hear it. The Chiefs just don't have enough. And they would be struggling offensively with Eric Bieniemy the same way they're struggling now because you can scheme all you want. At some point, you got to have guys. When they scored more points than any team that we had ever seen before back in 2018, they had guys. As much fun as we made fun of Demarcus Robinson, if that guy's your fourth wide receiver, you got a decent wide receiver room. Demarcus Robinson would be this team's second best wide receiver. And it wouldn't be close between him and whoever you think is the second best wide receiver. And that guy was the fifth, fourth option. He used to piss you off every single game. I was here. I remember. I don't think the Chiefs have nearly enough offensively. Not, in, not with the way teams are defending teams in 2023. Look at defense. It's down across the board. And if you don't have dynamic skill position players who can go up and make plays and be consistent, you're going to have an inconsistent offense the way that the Chiefs do. Coming up on the other side, we'll be joined in studio by Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Keep it right here. It's the drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 